This is the Build Your Path podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Mike DiGiacomo. Mike was our 2021 Pathway Awards Government Partner of the Year and is the Executive Director at the Governor's Workforce Development Board. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build the lifestyle you deserve. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast. My name is Matthew Pine, and my guest today is... Mike DiGiacomo, and I'm the Executive Director for the Governor's Workforce Development Board. Perfect. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, you actually recently won our award for uh, Government Partner of the Year, so we're happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you very much, Matthew. Look forward to it. Perfect. Uh, so give us an introduction, uh, who you are, and a little bit more about what you do. Well, first, I'd like to give give a little bit of an introduction about who the Governor's Workforce Development Board is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the board is actually the governor's chief policymaking body for workforce development in the state. Um, they're responsible for collaborating with state employment and training partners, with economic development, with educate, education partners, as well as, you know, the business community. Uh, the board's made up of 57 members the majority of which are business, but also inclusive of the governor, the governor's cabinet secretaries, college presidents, the state superintendent of schools, elected officials, labor, and representatives of nonprofit organizations. And we also have responsibility for oversight of the 13 local workforce development boards. So in each county, there's an American job center where individuals can go to get trained. And there's a board that's responsible for those American job centers in each of the local counties. We have oversight for that as well. Great. Uh, This is a question that I like to ask each guest um, because typically we have some young people tuning in. So uh, it's good to hear. Talk about your passion and the passion that you have for your job. You know, I think, you know, the thing I'm most passionate about is, you know, being able to reach across the workforce system to build relationships and trust among the partners, you know, to get our residents on a career path, right? It's that ability to communicate um, not only with folks that you know in the business community, but you learn to be able to build those same relationships with folks in state government, in education, and across multiple industries, uh, industry sectors as well. So I really enjoy that, uh, that ability to put people in place. I look at us as the ambassadors and connectors. I look at my job as being really the facilitator of the communication and collaboration between the different parts of the workforce system. Yeah, I think that's key. I think collaboration is certainly the key moving forward. Um, what effort are you most proud about during your tenure at GWDB? You know, it's kind of interesting. I think early on, the first thing that we had done was the governor had asked us in legislation to actually um, write a report about girls and underserved communities in the cyber industry. Mm-hmm. So we wrote a report that showed that there's a need uh, for greater participation in the cyber world um, mm-hmm. for young women, as well as uh, the underserved communities. So we had we brought a task force together and came up with a number of recommendations that we were able to implement. And in doing so, we also partnered with um, the SANS Institute, 
in a number of competitive uh, cyber competitions for young women. And mm-hmm. over the last five years uh, across the nation, Maryland is, has uh, topped out in probably the top two or three uh, wow. states uh, for all of uh, these young women in cyber. So really proud of the opportunity to get young women and underserved folks into that con- into that conversation um, to learn more about the importance of cyber because cyber, you know, as we know, goes across, you know, multiple industries. It's in the construction industry for sure, but it's also in manufacturing and healthcare um, as well. So important to get more folks engaged in that competition with, you know, in, uh, with so many jobs open, we mm-hmm. need to find more pipelines of folks to be able to do that. Um, and then the other thing I would, you know, is most recently we've done is, you know, we have started uh, what we call a chairs and vice chairs quarterly meeting mm-hmm. um, with our 13 local workforce boards. Um, so on a quarterly basis, they get together, they exchange um, best practices, they exchange ideas um, of how to better incorporate and collaborate between each other. Um, and we have included our, the local directors. And what you find is that, you know, it's rather than reinventing the wheel in each of the in each of the different counties that they are actually sharing information, building relationships among the chairs. Every one of the chairs are business people. Um, they're not really um, know everything about the workforce system. So it helps them talk to each other about how they can make their boards um, better for, you know, get finding jobs for folks. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Back. To, I mean, back to your uh, cyber point. I mean, that's gotta be one of the most male dominated um portions of the industry. So that's, that's really great news to hear that, you know, in the last five years, it's really been, uh, been shaping up a little bit. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about how, um, and this was part of your um, application for the pathway awards, how GWD reflects diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, of Maryland and how programs, um, to support those initiatives are being implemented. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, like, so we are, you know, we are and I am, we, we are collaborators, we are the facilitators, um, but there's many initiatives that we are bringing people together on um, in that world. So one of them is all about transportation, right? Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the biggest pieces in the underserved communities, um, not only in the city, but in the rural areas is how do we get folks that, uh, where, where the jobs are, how do we get them to those jobs? Mm-hmm. So we have been working very closely with uh, nonprofit vehicles for change that a lot of people know about, but also enterprise commute on on initiatives across the state to be able to find efficient ways for folks um, that have the you know that have the skills to be able to get to the work um, to get to get to work. So that's one. Um, the another big piece is um, we deal with uh, with folks in the uh, with disabilities, right? So we deal mm-hmm. a lot with Kennedy Krieger. Right. So how do we get kids on the autism spectrum, you know, into collaborating with businesses and how do we educate and do outreach, um, especially folks that are on the autism spectrum uh, could probably fit into a lot of these jobs. But people don't really know about it. Um, and I say these things because um, with all the open opportunities that are that are here now and will be coming, we need to find other pipelines uh, of opportunities where people can fit in not only in the construction, but across uh, all the other industry sectors. Um, we do a lot with re-entry, you know, folks coming back into the community, you know, how do we reintegrate those folks 
um, that are getting trained behind the walls. How do we get them back and educated and aligned and skilled to be able to get there? Um, and then the other piece, uh, broad piece that we found from the pandemic um, is PCs for people, right? It's one thing to say we want to do a lot of things virtually, but mm -hmm. in the underserved communities um, in, in the rural areas, they don't even have PCs, right? They don't have the hardware. So PCs for people, we've been building initiatives to work with them, to go out into the community, um, to work with businesses, to take computers that they've got and hardware that they're not using, they refurbish it. Um, and then give it back into the back into the communities, specifically in the city um, and in the rural communities. They're also working on broadband, right? So it's one thing if you got the mm -hmm. have a if you have a if you have a computer. The real question is, can you really do you have the aptitude to be able to use it? So right. they're working in those communities. So you know, we when I when we talk about you know diversity, it's uh, we represent all the all the um, agencies in the state. So mm -hmm. we are working. You know, on transportation, on computers, on uh, uh, you know, with the reentry programs. So when we talk about it, we talk about it in the broadest of perspectives. It's a really great point, um, and I know you just mentioned a few past initiatives, some current initiatives. What future initiatives are you most looking forward to? Well, I think that you know, um, one of the things that we are working on, that we will be working on, um, is career technical education. Mm -hmm. So in most um, in the last legislative session, um, they passed uh, legislation uh, to be able to put career the oversight for career technical education at the governor's workforce development board. Mm -hmm. And the reason that you know that's there and where where that becomes really important is because it then gives business input to our education system, so that we're clear that the skills and certificates that they're learning in high school and graduating with are actually the skills that are going to be needed. Um, when they graduate, uh, that businesses are going to be looking for. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity to include businesses, nonprofits, and to really collaborate with our education system, both at the community college level, um, as well as the K through 12 level, um, on getting businesses engaged in that conversation. And not only on the skill side, but things like um, mentors and coaches, and how do we get more people engaged in our education system? Because the education system is doing a really nice job, but they, they don't have the, the resources necessarily to understand what's going on in a business community. So getting the, we're really excited to be able to have the opportunity to work with our education partners and our business partners um, to get our, get our students and individuals um, skilled up for the open opportunities. Yeah, and I know we were talking a little bit before the podcast, you'd mentioned um, the importance being placed on widening the array of opportunities in the construction industry. Um, so that's really, really awesome to hear. Um, Mike, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. I uh, look forward to uh, continued conversations. Have a great day. Thanks, right. Matthew. Thanks, Mike. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Mike DiGiacomo from GWDB. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.